A metal band apologizes for throwing a severed pig's head at a live show. A Ukrainian woman has been crowned Miss Japan. And a nude artist claims the museum allowed visitors to grope him. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast in the galaxy. I have three weird news stories from around the world for your ears. Let's do it. A black metal band apologizes after a severed pig's head was tossed at the show. Well, you know, apologizing isn't very metal of them. Did Ozzy apologize for the bat? Was it, was it Ozzy or was that Alice Cooper that bit off a bat's head? I can't remember. One of you must know this information. Please let me know. It says here, a black metal band by the name of Martyrdom has apologized after a severed pig's head was tossed around at their recent live show. Sorry, guys. We meant to gently place the pig's head, not throw it around. <laughs> <sighs> Apologizing, I, f- I have a feeling that Satan is going to be a little bit disappointed. You never should say sorry for offending so many people if you're a black metal band. That's just my opinion. This incident happened on Friday night at the White Swan in Houston, Texas, where the bands devoured trachea and accosted were headlining. Footage shared on social media shows the pig's head being thrown toward the back of the audience with at least one concert goer exclaiming, Ew, gross. <laughs> Must be a vegan. <laughs> Ew, icky. Is that a pig's head? I thought this was common at these black metal shows. What was that one band? They like crucified four people on the stage. Some kind of Norwegian satanic band did that. Anyways, I think these um, metal bands are getting a little soft. Is this a new category called woke metal? <laughs> We, we perform our satanic metal music without offending the audience, all right? We don't want to offend anybody. We removed the goat's blood from the performance. Instead, we're going to toss out uh, a stuffed animal pig so that no one's hurt and no one's offended at our shows. This particular band, Martyrdom, received some backlash, as everybody seems to do on social media, especially artists like myself. Uh, they got backlash for the stunt from those in the vegan community. <laughs> vegan community, I nailed it. And other individuals who were just simply grossed out by the stunt. Martyrdom issued the following statement. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, everyone. That just seems like a funny statement. A funny way to begin a statement if you're a hardcore black metal band. Hi, everyone. We just want to start off by saying we are incredibly sorry to anyone we offended with our actions and gimmicks on stage. We are a black metal band, and as part of it, we try to add a little bit of imagery and shock value to our set. Unfortunately, our acts have gotten carried away and way out of hand, offending many people and even harming some people. We want to apologize especially to any vegans, Muslims, or other minority groups we may have offended and to anyone who is harmed by our act. I can't believe this is a real apology statement from a black metal band. Most importantly, we want to apologize to the White Swan and Harry, the sound guy specifically. Thank you so much, White Swan, for giving us the opportunity to play there. Ah, this is such a disappointment that this band is just folding under the pressure of vegans and easily offended, most likely Gen Z people. I would like the apology to be, hey guys, we want to apologize for not rocking like we usually do. And we also want to apologize for throwing a pig head into the pit. 
Um, we're sorry that it was a pig this year and not a goat. Next year, we're definitely getting a goat. And uh, we feel as though we've disappointed our Lord Beazelbub as well. So we want to say sorry to Beazelbub. In my opinion, maybe this is a hot take. I think this is a poor move by this black metal band to apologize for what most likely is a very small fraction of their live crowd, vegans. Uh, you know, you're sort of jeopardizing the majority of your fans, which is like career suicide at this point. You can't please everybody. What's that saying by Sammy Davis Jr.? I don't know the definition of success, but I know the definition of failure, and that's trying to please everyone. Do you think John Carpenter would have ever apologized for his film, The Prince of Darkness, for offending vegans or anybody else? I highly doubt it. You know, this band, like any other artist that has gained a major following, did so by being true to their self. And now they're turning around and apologizing for being true to their self. Of course, this is just one man's opinion. You might disagree. Call the show 646-450-2012 or send me a video with pig's blood on your face. A Ukrainian woman has won Miss Japan, igniting an identity debate when nationality collides with ethnicity. I believe last year Miss USA was half Filipina, correct? Uh, here's the issue here. We have a 26-year-old model who was actually born in Ukraine, and she moved to Japan at the age of five and was raised in the city of Nagoya. Her name is Carolina Carolina or Carolina Shino. Uh, she speaks Japan, obviously, because she was raised there. She was crowned Miss Japan on Monday. She's the first naturalized Japanese citizen to win the pageant, but her victory has reignited a debate on what it means to be Japanese. And while some people are recognizing her victory as a sign of the times, others have said she doesn't even look like what a Miss Japan should look like. Well, I'm looking at a photo of her standing with, the, it looks like the final five, um, the five finalists in Miss Japan. She, <laughs> she doesn't look Japanese. <laughs> She totally doesn't look Japanese at all. Every other girl in the photo looks Japanese except for her. She's taller than all of them. Um, looks totally European. <laughs> I might be upset about this if I was a Japanese citizen. I don't know. Let's keep reading. It says, Carolina's win comes about 10 years after Ariana Miyamoto became the first biracial woman to be crowned Miss Japan in 2015. Back then, with a Japanese mother and an African-American father, Miss Miyamoto's victory raised questions about whether a person of mixed race should be eligible to win the competition. Yeah, well, as I've said, the, the winner of Miss USA, I believe, was half Filipina. At least uh, the woman that won in 2015 was had a Japanese mother. This woman, Carolina... Carolina has no Japanese parentage at all. And this has upset some people on social media. Here's a quote from someone. This person who was chosen as Miss Japan is not even a mix with Japanese, but 100% pure Ukrainian. I understand she's beautiful, but this is Miss Japan. Where is the Japanese-ness? <laughs> is that a word? Japanese-ness? Japanese-ness. Someone else said, uh, if she was half Japanese, sure, that's not a problem, but she's ethnically 0% Japanese, wasn't even born in Japan. Other people online are questioning whether choosing the Ukrainian-born model instead of a Japanese-born woman as Miss Japan was a political decision of some sort. Here's a quote from someone. If she were born Russian, she would not have won. Not a chance. 
Obviously, the criteria is now a political decision. What a very, very sad day for Japan. I don't think it has to do with the country, like Japan or Ukraine, or maybe she was even American. If there's some sort of、uh, plot behind it by the Japanese government, it would seem to me the message would be hey, you guys aren't making enough Japanese babies, so get to it. <laughs> You know, I've covered stories about Japan trying to motivate the youth to make babies because apparently、um, there's you know, a, an aging community in Japan and the youth are disappearing. And now we have the, the organizer of the Miss Japan beauty pageant, A. Wada. A. Wada. Hey, what do you know? A. Wada, you know, told the media that the judges had chosen Miss Shino as the winner with full confidence, saying, quote, She speaks and writes in beautiful and polite Japanese. She is more Japanese than we are. Now, obviously, she's thrilled, Miss Shino, as she accepted her trophy as Miss Japan 2024. The Ukrainian born woman said winning the title was a dream for her. Being recognized as a Japanese in this competition fills me with gratitude. Well, good for her. Her dream came, came true. It was highly unlikely, but it happened. The blowback being, it seems the majority of Japanese are upset about this. One person wrote The concern here is labeling a woman of European descent the most beautiful woman in Japan when so much beauty marketing is aimed at telling Asian women they need to look more Western, aka paler skin, rounder eyes, boob and butt implants. It's just a big mistake. That's a very good point, actually. When you're, when you're telling your whole country, this is the most beautiful woman in the country, and she d o n t look like anybody in the country, what message are you sending forth?、Like、if I was a Japanese beauty pageant contestant, I would be like, this is a total sham, man. The other issue is like, these beauty pageants, do we really need to take them that seriously? Do we, maybe we should do away with them. This seems like very, like, An, like, it's an outdated procedure to me. Does anybody even watch these beauty pageants? I haven't, I don't think, have I ever even watched one? I don't think so. I think more people watch the Nathan's hot dog eating contest than actually watch the Miss USA televised contest, right? You think I'm onto something there? I, I would imagine that would be true. Yet, I think at the end of the day, we can all agree that crowning a woman. Miss Japan, who has zero Japanese blood in her, is still not as controversial as a man winning Woman of the Year, eh? If this is weird, please let me know. If it's weird news, you better let me know. Sign up to The Economist for in depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. A nude artist claims a museum ignored the fact that he was groped by visitors. John Bonafede, 
took part in a Marina Abramovich exhibit in 2010 called The Artist is Present. He has come forward recently and accused the Museum of Modern Art of failing to prevent sexual assaults against him by the museum goers, claiming it caused him to suffer years of emotional distress. He's claiming that uh, he was groped and the museum failed to stop visitors from doing so. In the lawsuit, he says the museum, quote, had actual knowledge of ongoing sexual assaults against many of its workers, performers in the exhibition, including himself. Yet the museum intentionally and negligently failed to take corrective action to prevent the assaults from recurring. Mr. Bonafede is a professional artist. I guess if you want to call it that, uh, some, uh, I mean, showing up naked and standing in a, in a doorway, which is... What's happening in the picture here doesn't seem like uh, artistry to me, but uh, this modern art, they, uh, they're very loose with the art definition, these modern artists. It says, Mr. Bonafede worked and performed live in the exhibition for the full duration of its run. Well, if it was so, such a horrible experience, why did you complete the full duration of the run, sir? That would be question one. Exhibit A, you fulfilled the entire duration of the run. Now they're describing the quote-unquote art. One piece that Mr. Bonafede took part in involved standing face-to-face with another exhibition performer in a doorway. They were both not wearing any clothes at all, completely naked. They were silent, still, completely nude, 18 inches apart. The members of the public were encouraged to pass in between them from one gallery to the next. So you can imagine two naked people standing face to face, 18 inches apart, and you walk through them. That's, I guess that's art of some sort. <laughs> I remember this exhibit. I, I was living in New York at the time, and I, I, I remember it being advertised. So, oh, it's this crazy exhibition where naked people are standing around. Ooh, it's so avant-garde. You walk between two naked bodies. Ooh. You also have to pinch a bare ass to enter the building as well. This is art, guys. The lawsuit claims this guy Bonafede was sexually assaulted on seven occasions during his work for the exhibition by five separate visitors. Mr. Bonafede is seeking unspecified damages and a jury trial. He claims the assaults were eerily similar with the alleged perpetrators always an older male. He claims they would turn to face him and fondle his genitals. The perpetrators would then linger for a moment before moving through into the next gallery room. Well, was there a sign that said, don't touch the naked art? <laughs> was, did anybody sign a waiver for this? I need more information here. If you're going to stand around naked as art, I mean, uh, people touch sculptures. They can't help themselves. You're probably going to get touched too eventually. And by the way, you're standing so close together, 18 inches. I mean, the average American, who can pass through 18 inches in a doorway? Some of these Americans can't get through the full doorway. Doorway. Never mind two people standing in the doorway at the same time. I think this piece of art actually assaulted more people by simply walking through it. The visitors, that is. It says here, several media outlets reported at that time, this is 2010 we're talking about when all this occurred, uh, they reported that a number of nude models taking part in the exhibition had complained of being groped by the visitors. The museum said in a statement back then, we are well aware of the challenges posed by having nude performers in the galleries. Any visitor who improperly touches or disturbs any of the performers is escorted from the museum by MoMA security. Now, uh, Mr. Bonafede, the... 
fleshy subway turnstile artist claims that the alleged offenders were removed from the exhibition, as the MoMA had claimed they had done and would do, but that they turned a blind eye and did nothing to protect performers from being assaulted in the first place. What were they supposed to do? Put up plexiglass? <laughs> I mean, it's not their fault. This is what the, the artist chooses how the art is displayed. So... If the artist in charge of the whole exhibition, I don't know if it's Mr. Bonafede, who is the actual artist in charge of the whole production, that artist decides how it's going to be ex- exhibited. And if the artist puts you in arm's reach or doesn't put any sort of barrier between you and spectators, you know, there's a reason why like major works of art are like behind glass because they're like, you can't touch the Mona Lisa, bro. There's a or there's like a rope around it. And again, again, if it was so upsetting and distressing, why did you continue for the full duration of the exhibit, which is probably, you know, I'm guessing two, three months? Peace people, man. (laughs) Nobody takes accountability for anything anymore. I mean, I find it very hard to believe that even before you agreed to do this, that either yourself or someone in your circle told you that maybe this would be a bad idea. You know, standing around naked, in a New York City museum for hours and hours upon end? Like, <laughs> you, you didn't think you were going to get touched eventually? I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying, bro, when you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You should have never put yourself in that predicament in the first place. Use some common sense. And then because you did, something happened. Take accountability. Now, Maybe this is just the individualist Bostonian in me saying, be responsible for your own choices and actions. I know that's a hot take these days because no one wants to take responsibility for their choices. They want to blame it on everybody else. Want to blame it on the world. Yo, if you run out into the woods covered in honey, don't be surprised if a bear bites you in the ass. Maybe you disagree. Call the show 646-450-2012. Hello, weirdos. You know I like me that caffeine. You know that caffeine fuels me and fuels my Weird AF News podcast, right? You guys also know I got a little acid reflux, and I have um, been very blessed in that I found another source of energy and focus, and that is Magic Mind. It's a little elixir shot that I do as part of my morning routine. It's a nice coffee alternative. Gives me energy. Instead of that third cup of coffee, I do my little green shot gives me the energy without the jitters and without the acid reflux. It's quite delicious as well. has some healthy ingredients like vitamins B and C and matcha. I love matcha. For my listeners like me who are coffee addicts like me and would like to try a healthy alternative, Magic Mind helps you cut back on those extra cups of coffee in the morning. Um, I'm working with them on a January campaign where if you subscribe for three months of Magic Mind, you get one month free. Just go to magicmind.com slash Jan Jonesy. That's J-A-N Jonesy. Magicmind.com slash Jan Jonesy. Use my code FUNNYJONES20. That's one word, FUNNYJONES20. You get an extra 20% off, which gets you a total of 75% off. This offer only lasts till the end of January. So get three-month subscription. You're going to get one month free. Help crush your New Year's resolutions with the assistance of the amazing Magic Mind. Hi, my friends and loyal listeners of the Weird AF News podcast. Thanks for downloading or streaming or however you're listening to this. Maybe you're on a smart speaker at home. I appreciate your time. And I want to thank everybody who reached out to me and gave me some encouragement. Uh, I also got a nice review on Amazon from 
uh, username Peace, Love, and Happiness. Uh, they gave me five stars. Isn't that sweet? Five stars and wrote L-Y-F-A-O show. So thankful I stumbled upon this show. I became obsessed with mainstream news ever since the war began. This show is the ray of sunshine I needed. Alexa is trained to play it. She's named Echo and is an Australian man inside my home. No need for coffee to help loosen the stool in the AM. You might number two your pants from laughing while listening at Jonesy. You've been warned. Rock out. With your you-know-what out. By the way, I'm a K-12 art teacher from Michigan. <laughs> All right. Oh, and then it says, uh, love you, Jonesy, your friend Miss V. This is Miss V. All right, Miss V. Oh, it left a little image for me. A little nice little image as well. A little piece of artwork. Smiley faces, little emojis. It's a very nice, happy, colorful review on Amazon for me. And I, I just appreciate that. That made my day. Thank you so much, Miss V, for taking the time to write all that. I really appreciate that. I'm so glad you discovered my show. And I'm so glad that it's now a ray of sunshine that you needed in light of the mainstream news calamities that we're always, for some reason, bringing our attention to. I don't know why we do that. I think cutting mainstream news out of your life altogether might be a, a nice way to have a healthy mental landscape. Would you, would you say? See, I'm not even a, a therapist of any sort, but I could be. I could totally be. I don't have to go to school for that. I know some things you can do to your life to make it better, to make yourself happier. One of the things is don't listen to or watch mainstream news right off the bat. Or like um, this morning, I did this thing that made me so happy, and and I made a mental note. Oh, next time I'm feeling down, I need to do this exact thing. Here's what I was doing. Uh, I was dancing to a song by Empire of the Sun called uh, "Way to Go" or "Ways to Go." Really happy song. And while I was dancing to it, I was I was taking uh, a couple spoonfuls of this really amazing buckwheat honey that my aunt gave me. It's like this delicious honey. It was so good. I was eating the honey and dancing to this song. And I'm like, this is, I was so happy in that moment. I was like, I can't remember the last time I was this happy, like sober, this happy. This was unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unless there was something in the honey I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm unaware of, but yeah. So there's like little, there's little hacks that you could do. You, I should write these down and share them. Yeah. Just a spoonful of honey and dancing around to that song or any happy song that you love. Another song that I think would probably do the trick is September by Earth, Wind and Fire. That is one of the happiest songs in existence. I'm telling you right now, get a couple spoonfuls of honey and dance around your kitchen while blasting September or that Empire of the Sun song. And I'm telling you right now, it'll, your, your whole body and brain will be bubbling with peptides. Peptides, peptides, those things that make you happy, you know, little, little bubbling peptides inside your body, inside your brain. Yeah, this is what uh, Robert Anton Wilson used to talk about. Peptides, peptides. Or, I mean, if you don't have any honey, do a shot of Magic Mind. Oh, Jonesy, bringing the sponsor back around. That's right. Do a shot of Magic Mind and dance around to a song that you love. Oh, that's got to be good as well. I'll probably do this right after I'm done recording. By the way, there's a link in the description of this podcast if you want to order some Magic Mind. Help me out do that you you'll like it you're gonna like it i'm telling you right now uh what else did i want to say uh yeah just uh happy to be here in the closet again and uh thanks for listening please subscribe if you haven't if you want to support the show go to weirdafnews.com you can buy jonesy coffee or join the patreon as well if you want to email me articles it's funnyjones at gmail.com go to my instagram at funny jones you can slide into my dms with any stories that you come across or just say what's up. Uh, once again, the phone number here is 646-450-2012. Love you. We out. <laughs>